In a way, this podcast is kind of like Brigsby Bear. I'm making it for you, and you are trapped. But before we get into it, I want to thank you for checking out the podcast. Hope you can join us in conversation for our next film, the famous last film by Sidney Lumet, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which is available to rent on Amazon for Three Bones and uh, available for free on HBO. This will be due by Saturday, May 30th at noon. Email your thoughts on this movie to me here here at projectorfieldgmail.com. I'll read your comments on the show and maybe we can learn a little bit from each other. All right, we got a very special guest today, one Gwendolyn Noriko, talking about Brigsby Bear. Adam, ask Gwendolyn how she's doing. Hey, Gwendolyn, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. So uh, I asked you to be on the podcast and the movie you picked was Brigsby Bear from 2017. Why did you pick this movie? I watched this last year or maybe the year prior and I remember liking it well enough that it stuck with me but I couldn't really recall why I liked it so Mm -hmm. I decided to rewatch it. It's a really easy movie you know it's not super complex but I think it's not necessarily about the story so much as it is about the idea of someone finding a passion and sharing that passion which is really important to me because it took me a really long time to figure out like what it is that I wanted to do with my life. Um, Sometimes I I feel like I'm still looking, but that's really satisfying to me. Someone finding passion and being able to share that in a tidy way. I also thought it might be a good film for you since his passion ends up being filmmaking. (laughs) Right. I definitely related to that. So thank you. How did you feel about the second time going in? I still liked it, even knowing you know, what was going to happen, especially because James is such a sweet character. (laughs) You know, actually, all of the characters are really likable, I think. Um, Even if you can't say that you like, I don't think you can say that you hate any of the characters. Um, Everyone is really supportive and welcoming. Right. But the sister doesn't start off that way. She was getting under my skin because it seemed like she just was annoyed that he was back, which I guess makes sense, you know, because she was the only child for a long time. Yeah, that's true. And that is like, probably my only gripe with the film is that she starts off being very like distant and not into it and then all of a sudden she's like laughing along and when they all go camping like just suddenly switch it's like no nah, it's not that easy but you right. know whatever it's a movie so <laughs> <laughs> right but i did like the sort of awkwardness they had when they were growing closer together which i feel like only really kyle mooney could capture nowadays because that's a very like nuanced but real idea of how people would start to like get closer together especially nowadays you know no one's fast talking like in a noir yeah. movie they're just like oh yeah ha, 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 ha. and like you said about kyle mooney i mean he's so good at playing this like wholesome pure i think i was talking to my friend about it and i was like he's just so pure like i want to like protect him you know um the man child trope is like really overused in comedy but it doesn't usually elicit the kind of empathy like this kind amount of empathy from me his dialogue was very genuine and like uh, him picking up the affectations of the other teenagers was it was so perfect. And you can uh, you you give him a big excuse, right? Because it's not like he is intentionally still a man child. You know, this is a coming of age because right. he was forced to be like a, right. a kid. Yeah. I guess. Would you watch Brigsby Bear if that were real? It's funny because um, I was thinking that this show really reminds me of something I would have watched when I was a kid. They did a really good job of making the show seem familiar to someone at my age or maybe like 
you know, 30s or so, I recently rediscovered a show that I used to watch when I was a kid, like when I was like one or two years old. Um, and I had this like overwhelming feeling of nostalgia. And I think Brigsby, the show, does such a good job of eliciting that kind of feeling. And I don't know if I, I mean, I guess I would have watched it. I probably would watch it now. You know, it's sci-fi. I like sci-fi. So. <laughs> right. Do you watch things like, uh, like it, it, there was so much complicated lore and it was obviously over the top and there were still like lessons, but the only thing that I could equate to right now would maybe be like adventure time right which i haven't seen i think if i was seven eight nine maybe yeah definitely so do you how do you feel about the believability of the that it like became a hit on youtube and then his friend uh spence who was such a cool dude was like into it and they're all kind of into it right i guess it's to it's not totally believable i think the reason it's believable is because it has this story surrounding it you know the Mm -hmm. fact that he was kidnapped and the story was presented to me i would definitely look it up like i'm not but I'm just that kind of person that would right. kind of like deep dive and like do a bunch of Google searches and look all this stuff up. But maybe to like a norm- normal person, you know, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, I think I think yeah. you're onto something here. I think it's, if there was a story that came out, it'd be so fascinating that someone made a like, yeah. produced a, a well-made TV show for somebody for their entire life. I would check right. that out. Mark Hamill's um, character. So like uh, cult dad, I guess mm-hmm. I'll call him. <laughs> He's like an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. he made this character character well first he made like a like a doll tiger or something right then he makes this whole show and he writes all the stuff for it there's a scene where the kids are all uh listening to music out of the brigsby head and james says oh my dad was in this band called the beatlers like let me show you the stuff and i sincerely expected him to play the beatles or like the dad covering the Beatles and saying Mm -hmm. he wrote it himself. But of course, it ends up being something original, albeit terrible, but he's really an artist. He wants to be original and um, spread that creativity to James. He says something like, we have imaginations to help us like escape or dream or something. No one can take that away from you. So he's always trying to instill this like, you know, be creative, be creative into James. And like, Mm -hmm. he's just trying to be an artist himself. And I I like the idea that uh, just for a second, we see how he sort of got all the money for this you know with the toy like you said it was right. selling like hotcakes back in the day so, yeah so i mean kyle mooney nailed this he was obviously the perfect choice i think how do you feel about kyle as an actor i think he's pretty good i am i'm not an uh i'm not a saturday night live person so i'd actually never seen any of his stuff before um and i know that he has a youtube channel that he did before Saturday Night Live. Never seen any of that. He was so believable as this kid. I don't know how many other characters he could play. I mean, I think you're right that this was perfect for him. I mean, he did write it. So he kind (laughs) of was able to write what was good for him, but... Yeah, I think he's pretty good in this. He shed some tears, <laughs> which was impressive. I didn't think he could pull that out. Uh, I, I'm not much of an SNL person also, but I've seen some of his skits on uh, mm. on YouTube. And he plays that sort of mumbling SoCal dude, you know, talking about mm. some stupid thing. And it's funny. It does a great job. And this wasn't like too far of a departure from it. But there's obviously some emotional strength in this character. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought he did a fine job. Not like he blew me away or anything, but I thought he, he did good enough that I believe what he was saying which I think is impressive Did, were there any jokes in here that really got you it's technically a comedy but I feel like it works pretty well as like an independent drama you know um, mm-hmm. I did love in the in the very beginning where we see them in the in the bunker or whatever and uh, before dinner they would all shake hands <laughs> yeah. and then he went to his real parents and he did the same thing Right. and the dad goes wasn't that cool Aubrey like wasn't that and she's just like <laughs> I guess I mean yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I also like that uh, when the cop asks if uh, if they ever touched him, and he says yes. <laughs> handshake. <laughs> yeah, they would grab me, and then he. Yeah, that was funny. Absolutely. I really liked. Um, yeah, I don't know if I laughed out loud at any point, except there's uh, the news reporters outside when he first exits the police station and they're all handing him mics and he takes one. And <laughs> yeah. She asked him a question and then he just starts speaking to her. You know, right. <laughs> That was so good and so subtle. Oh, which reminds me of um, when Spence calls him on the sister's phone mm-hmm. and then she goes in to give it to him and he, she goes, talk. And he's like, what do you want me to like into the phone like and then uh yeah she goes like what's wrong with you he goes well you know i was abducted so (laughs) right that's where all the comedy comes from right it's a fish out of water i don't know if it completely or was always firing on all cylinders for that you know completely took advantage of it but i think uh, when it did it worked pretty well i mean it's not something that had to be funny all the time i think people i would assume that people that liked kyle mooney because of saturday night live if they watched this maybe they would be a little bit more like "Mm, i don't know i think because i don't i really didn't know who he was at all Mm -hmm. i i thought it was really charming it's kind of a simple movie like to the point where it might even be boring or like a someone it never addresses why he was kidnapped that isn't really integral to the plot so it doesn't bother me i think that's a good way to put it is uh is simple maybe out in the hands of another director or something maybe if it was done in a like uh like the way the boogie nights was done i would also be into that you know very like mm-hmm, epic mm-hmm. about putting this past in front of him and and you know realizing it but this was very streamlined and you know one scene led to the next it, w- it was all the meat that was there and uh sure, even if yeah. it wasn't like all tasty it was all pretty good, you know, good fast food. It's a quirky comedy, which mm-hmm. um, when I was, you know, a budding teenager, um, that was when quirky indie comedy was like really blowing up. Like Little Miss Sunshine or Juno, 500 Days of Summer. My mom really liked Wes Anderson. Oh, um, okay. So I was watching Wes Anderson films when I was like 10, 11 years old. So I really liked that kind of thing and grew up with that kind of thing. I don't know if you've ever seen Eagle versus shark no with uh jermaine right yes that really reminds me of this it's the same kind of like awkward quirky comedy and i really like that that's really my jam (laughs) (laughs) interesting do you have a favorite uh wes anderson wes anderson darjeeling limited probably oh wow look at you very hipster Uh, the first Wes Anderson film I saw was Rushmore and um, I didn't like it because I was like 10 years old I just was like not not it for me Uh but I watched it again when I was 15 of course when I was 15 16 I was like yes right, I you like were going it. through it yeah yeah kind of depends on your age but right. um I think I think I was yeah probably like 15 or 16 when Darjeeling Limited came out I really like it it's a beautiful film Right. But I also really like the comedy. So are you, so you like awkward comedy? Do you like cringe comedy? No, okay. <laughs> there's a fine <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, uh, no, I can't do that. All right. So there's one moment that I, I, you know, there there are some really genuine moments of characters connecting in this movie that I really like. And the last moment that I want to bring up here is, or at the end when James goes to visit Ted, you know, Mark Hamill's mm-hmm. character in jail and asks him to get the voices, you know, that was, I think 
you know, in terms of this, this is a simple movie, but that's probably the most complex scene because there's so many feelings that he must be going through. And like this, this is a form of closure, but it also means so much in terms of, you know, moving on to the rest of his life with this movie and everything else. Well, I think having his real dad just even drive him there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like who would do that? But you know, it was important for his growth. He really needed those voices. So yeah, there you go. I, I really like it. And I think everyone should give it a try, even if you don't like comedy, because it's not it's not that much of a comedy. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it does have its moments. But yeah, it's a drama, but it has it's I feel like it's comedy is a little bit niche, you know, it is yes. sort of that more subtler, drier style. So it's cool to see that, I guess, in a, in a movie, a feel good movie where it's not just over the top comedy. It's very like slow burn. Yeah. And I think because uh, I know the Lonely Island produced it. And so their stuff is very <laughs> like <laughs> off the wall and crazy. And so like, I appreciate that it didn't go too much. I mean, Andy Samberg kind of brought it in a little bit with like the passing of the ice cream and whatever. But, right. you know, it was still it was yeah. acceptable. It's cool that they took that risk to make this movie. You know, it's so yeah. out of the wheelhouse. Yeah. But uh, I know this movie didn't do particularly well. <laughs> right. Uh, Half million, right? Gwendolyn, before I let you go, how have you been doing with the quarantine? You know, as well as I can be. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I am not in a work from home situation, so I kind of don't have that much going on. So I'm right. trying to, uh, you know, work on some hobbies and play with my cat. That's right. pretty much all I can do. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay. It's It was kind of great at first. Um, mm -hmm. I think when my boss uh, texted and said, hey, you don't have to come into work, you know, <laughs> we're shutting down. I was kind of like, okay, cool. Like right. I get a little bit of a break. I mean, yeah. it's gone on a little long. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm okay. I'm not like, I'm okay with having to wait more if I have to, which I okay. think I do. That's good. Um, How's yeah. the mental health? Fine. Uh, you know, uh, I, I still have a lot of people to talk to. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm an only child, so mm -hmm. I really like being by myself. Yeah. And I've always been very independent. So right. yeah. this is totally fine for me. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, same thing. I, mean, <laughs> I am also an only child. I'm kind of an introvert and, you know, shy person. So mm -hmm. it hasn't been too bad staying inside. Although I would, I do miss uh, going out. I miss volunteering stuff and uh, just being able to see friends, you know, whenever I wanted. Right. Yeah, same. I mean, we'll get back to it. We have yeah. to appreciate the time that we have to ourselves right now. Exactly. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think what's getting to me the most is, you know, I just, I worry about the people in my life and the longer this goes on, you know, the more I have to worry or the longer I have to worry. Yeah, me too. Everyone in my family is still, I mean, my dad is still working. Um, mm -hmm. And so that kind of bothers me. He is right. older, so yeah, it's fine. He's retiring, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost there. And one last thing, so that uh, the listeners can get a feel for your taste. Um, what are some of your favorite movies? So uh, usually, when someone asks me this, the first movie I'll say is Marie Antoinette. I don't want to. It's not similar to this, but it's similar in the sense that it's it's a little more simple. Mm -hmm. It's a very straightforward story. It's a little funny. It's a drama, but right. it's a little funny. Yeah. Um, it's also very beautiful. I like really visually appealing things. So have you seen the favorite? I haven't. Uh which Gwendolyn. Is... <laughs> I feel I like know. this movie is right up your alley from all that I know about you. I know. Um I just watched I just finished The Great 
on Hulu, which okay. is apparently by the same guy. Oh, so it's like the it? same like thing. It's like it's like a little raunchy, right? Or yeah, it's it's it has that dry humor to it. It's kind of like okay, it's a little weird, you know. Like, is this supposed to be funny or just right? Okay, that sounds like perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's beautiful too. Yeah, it's just really good. I think I think you would love that movie. Okay, cool. I'll add it to my list, my quarantine list. I mean, we were talking earlier about me being perceived as a weeb because of my uh, list, <laughs> and I don't want to put that out into the world, so. Okay, I'll edit that uh, out then. See. But you are a sci-fi nerd. I am. Uh, okay, sci-fi. Uh, I really liked, uh, more recently, I really liked Annihilation. Um, I read the book first. Mm-hmm. Actually, I heard about it becoming a movie and I like read the synopsis and I was like really cool yeah. it's a book let me read the book first and then I read mm-hmm. the book and uh yeah I really like so, that one book versus movie the book is better whoa okay the book is yeah this is a movie the book podcast. is better because it <laughs> sorry yeah okay okay um I, I just say the book is better just because it's just so much more, you know, such so much more detailed. I okay. mean, that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. They had to cut some stuff out of the movie, but I am a visual person. Um, mm-hmm. So I still like appreciated the movie. And obviously I say it's one of my favorites. So in 2001, I know you're a big fan. Huh? Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, no, I really like it. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, it's probably okay. been about 10 years. It's still on my list because um, it's still a movie that stuck out to me but maybe yeah. it's a little bit more like Brigsby in the sense that I don't remember why I like it okay so I need to rewatch it it yeah. is if it if it helps it is incredible yeah right yeah uh, that's sort of a fact and I think that's probably the king of sci-fi movies oh for sure that was like started like the game of it all right and even uh I mean Arthur C. Clarke was around before but Stanley Kubrick went over and was like hey I'm gonna make a movie you write a book I'll make a movie of it so it was like it was right. always you know meant to be this big cinematic experience Do you like Stanley Kubrick? Oh, yeah. I think uh, he's probably, you know, it's an easy cop-out film kid thing to say, like, he's just the best (laughs) director who ever lived. But it's probably true. Right. Are you a fan? What is your, uh, you know. Oh. uh, (laughs) You hate him. Um, No, no, no. (laughs) I, uh. I don't know that I could say, you know, someone asked me who my favorite directors were. Uh, to be honest, though, I know, again, this is a movie podcast, so I'm be breaking careful. so many rules by saying this. I know, but I don't really know that much about directors. Mm. I just get <laughs> I just kind of watch movies and, you know, I'm like, oh, it's this guy that also did this. You know, that's why mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I should probably correlate the two more often, <laughs> but I, you know. That's okay. There's always time <laughs> to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do, do you have a favorite then? Do you know, if, is, is there one off the top of your head? Kubrick? Uh, or director. The, if you had asked me 10 years ago, uh, more like 15 years ago, I would have said Wes Anderson. Right. Um, his films are very pretty and funny, and mm. that's exactly it for me. But, right. mm, you know, mm, maybe mm. not now. Um, <laughs> I feel like there has to be someone that I like, but I. who's your favorite director? Um, my favorite it's Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, he, what did he? He did. Uh, <laughs> uh, he did. Uh, he did. There will be blood. That's like oh. my favorite movie. Um, and he did like Boogie Nights, The Master, Punch Drunk Love. More recently, okay. he did Phantom Thread. Have you seen those? I've seen um, There Will Be Blood and Punch Drunk Love. Oh, okay. Those are my top two of his. You like those? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, uh, I like punch drunk love. I don't really like uh, there will be blood. Whoa. It's, a too, it's a little too heavy for me. <laughs> wow. Okay. I wish you would have told me that before I invited you here. <laughs> All right, Gwendolyn. Well, I really appreciate having you on the, the show. I, uh, I And thank you for making a great choice. Okay, yeah, thank you for having me. And there you have it. Thank you so much to Gwendolyn for picking the movie and joining me in a great discussion. I will let you know when she watches The Favorite. And um, if she does end up liking it, you can send me any reward checks to projectorfuelgmail.com. Also, please send your thoughts on Before the Devil Knows You're Dead by Saturday, May 30th at noon. Hope to hear from you. Thanks again for checking out the podcast and thanks to at the work of re on instagram for the picture on our profile hope everyone's taking care stay safe stay home and i'll talk to you later